everyone, I'm Shelby. And I'm Erica. And welcome to the All Things Melanin Podcast. Where certified hype women are getting you through the week. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an update. So Erica, you know what I'm about to ask. What are you <laughs> What's new? What's popping? What's good? How you feeling? Like, you should know by now. Like, we like 10, 10 or 15 episodes and we some number episodes. I don't know because I really be honestly trying to think of something to say. <laughs> and I got nothing. Um, well, I mean... The holidays are coming up. They are, and I'm not prepared at all. You're never prepared. I'm literally not. Erica <laughs> is like, I with the holidays, so she's so last minute, and I'm so organized. I'm such a dude. Like, what y'all want? Okay, I'm going to go <laughs> the last second. <laughs> she is, because she's so... She, Erica asked me last week, she was like, what you want? I was like, well, I don't know. Let me think about it. She said, hey, you need to figure it out and let me know. But I was like, can you not be so aggressive? <laughs> because... I don't know. I'm just not like so. Oh my god, it's the holidays. I'm not like that. I don't know why. I love the holidays, not because of the materialistic things, but because of I love spending time with my family and friends. Like for instance, like my best friend since the seventh grade. This is one of the few times that I get to hang out with her because she has a family, she has a baby and a husband. So even though I'm not intruding. I'm always like, you know, are you busy? Can we hang out? She's always like, yeah, girl, yeah. Go to Stone. Hi, Brody. We good. You know? So, I'm excited to hang out with my mom, to hang out with my dad so he can get on my nerves, (laughs) to hang out with friends, and frankly, just to unwind and to kind of, like, get my mind right Mm -hmm. for what's to come. Well, I really, I mean, I agree with that. I really should focus on the family and being around my family and really cherishing those moments. I will say I did buy me a white Christmas tree. Oh, you bought a Christmas tree? You didn't tell me that. I didn't put it up yet, but I bought the what's Christmas not? tree. What's not? December yet. You can't. And I bought the ornament because well, it was on sale and I just felt like I had to get it at that moment. Yeah, you have so, to send me a picture of it. She didn't tell me this. This is the first time she's telling me you got I got a white Christmas tree. I got some ornaments and I'm going to go... To my favorite decor store, probably when I find some time and get like some more stuff for it to yeah. decorate and just at least get in the holiday spirit. But I just, I mean, I personally know why I'm just kind of ant on the holidays, but yeah. I just feel like I really just need to focus on cherishing it with my family, my loved yeah. ones. But I still ain't got nobody, no Christmas gifts, so. Um. Hey, mine are all in the shopping cart. They <laughs> going on when I get paid. Another thing I'm excited about, so at work, we volunteer as a group. And we picked a group to volunteer for. So we're volunteering for Toys for Tots. And I'm actually really excited about it. I'm really excited about it. Eric and I are supposed to, I just sent you, did you get my email about the Salvation Army? She was asking a lot of questions. I'm like, bruh. I mean, I get it. Anytime you volunteer, they ask me your social security and your blood type. They do. So, um, (laughs) I get it. But so that's more kind of what I'm excited for. I'm excited to, you know, I'm excited for people to see the gifts that I'm getting them because they're good and you're going to like your gift or you better pretend. Um, Let me practice now. (gasps) Okay. (laughs) Um, And I'm excited just to hang out with my family and to get some me time because I'm really big on the reason for the season. Like, yes, you know what I mean? So I'm excited about that. And I'm excited for the things that we have coming well, your girl still got to work, so the only day I get off is Christmas Day. <laughs> so, um, I'll be like, Merry Christmas, got to go to work. <laughs> I'm like, I'm God willing, God say the same, I'm going to be home like a week. And that's really good. So, you'll see me back in the Triple D on the 31st. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, so let's move along to 
our dating and relationship segment. This is deep. So, Shelby, <laughs> what have you learned from past relationships or past dating experiences? What do you wish you knew then that you know right now? First of all, do we have enough time? <laughs> um, since we don't, I'll try to keep it contained. Um, the These are the most two important things that I've learned. Um, if there are certain standards and things that you have to have from a person, don't back down from that. Don't conform yourself or let them think that that's okay because they're going to continue to run over you and they're going to continue and you're going to be miserable because I've been in those situations where I was like, oh, you know, I want this, but he's not this. So I'm going to let this slide. And I was miserable. Mm -hmm. So I would definitely say like if somebody's not aligning with your purpose or the standards that you have in place that are moral standards that are very important to you, like let Jerome go. And Jerome, <laughs> I just call people random names if y'all haven't realized. I don't hat. really know anybody named Jones Jerome. <laughs> like, let that person go. But the most important thing that I've learned from my high school sweetheart to people I've dated in college to talking and dating people is when people show you who they are. Let me say that again. When people show you who they are and they show you their character, believe them because that's not something you can fix and that's not something you can make up um i so i'll say this the people that i've dated or been involved with overall they're good people um they're not horrible people they're not axe murderers or killers or anything like that you know (laughs) (laughs) but their character didn't align with my character you know what i mean and the way they treated me didn't align with the way that I should be treated. But I was at a point in my life where, here's the thing about me. I, so when I love somebody or I'm in a relationship, I love really, really hard. And I give it all I got and then some. And I'm going to try every single way to make it work. Regardless, and this, and I've had to work on this, regardless if, if they show me something that I should have ran from. You know what I mean? And I've had to learn that. And when I went back and I, you know, you evaluate your relationships that didn't work out. And you evaluate why you're not with that person. You you go off to see them, you know, be with somebody else and to be so in love and to be all this. And you're like, what went wrong? And you realize they had character traits and they had things that I ignored. Yep. And it didn't work out because it blew up. And so I really think that I could have saved myself a lot of heartache and a lot of crying probably if I had believed their character. It's crazy how like you don't even realize these things until after the fact. Yeah. So you look back years later. Yeah. Well, maybe I shouldn't have done that. Well, you was all in love then and yeah. couldn't nobody tell you nothing about Jerome. Girl. Jerome was your man. So, Girl, and if you <laughs> didn't shut up, you was getting cut off too. So, one thing I would say is it's so important for women that are just dating or maybe in a long-term relationship is to not lose yourself. Oh, that's a good one. Especially if this man, I'm not saying when you get married, lose yourself. But especially when you're not in a marriage to this man, mm. you losing yourself because you are putting everything, you're compromising everything, oh. you're giving everything. For free. To it for free. Okay. Say it again. For free. <laughs> and you're losing yourself. You're giving away all your power for yeah. what? 
You know what I'm saying? What is this man compromising to you? What is he giving for to you? you? What is he giving to you? What are you getting out of it? Yeah, what are you getting out of it? Are you just the one uh, rearranging your whole entire life for this man? Yeah. So I think that's so important. It's just to not lose who you are. Especially, I've seen a lot of times where women, they change who they are with each man. Now, granted, yeah. each person brings out a different side in you, but to change who you are. I get what you're saying. Because yeah. I just know family members that they totally change who they are with somebody they're dating. I'm yeah. like, that's not who you are. I've known you since we were two years old. Like, yeah. who is this person? Yeah. It's because of this man you're with. Yeah. And it's like, you, you cannot lose who you are. You have to be solid in the woman that you are and the standards that you have mm-hmm. and the expectations that you have. It's okay to put expectations on a man. Yeah. I like. I feel like a lot of us are scared to expect something out of him because no. we're gonna lose him. Well, if you lose him, he ain't the one, anyways. Mm. So yeah, I feel like you cannot just lay all your expectations by by the wayside because yeah. you're scared of being alone. Yeah. First of all, being alone is cool. I've been chilling, and I feel like for me, now that I am alone, <laughs> I enjoy the space, and I really feel like the next person. Who comes along is gonna have to show me something better than it is when I'm by myself. Ooh, like they're gonna have to add to it. They're yeah, gonna have to add to it. You can't just want to come up in here and I mean it's worse than you know. Yeah, or it's not adding. To it's that. not adding to, it. and that's so important that you have to recognize that early on before you get too deep into yeah. it to where it's gonna be even harder for you to walk away if you've already yeah. too deep into it. And you know what? I think another thing that I've learned from dating and past relationships is to be very crystal clear yes. about what I want. Yes. So along with those expectations about being very crystal clear about what I want and what I need from a person, and if that person can't give me what I need and they're being contradictory, to remove myself from that situation. Because yes. like I said, they've shown me their characters. Yes. Like there are certain, like now, at the point I'm at in my life, so there was a point where I was not open to dating for personal reasons because I was just really you know, upset about past situations that happened. So I had to clear my little mind out. (laughs) But now that I'm at a point that I'm open to dating, and, you know, and I'm trying to find out what my purpose mate looks like, I know, I know the fundamental things that I need from a person that are non-negotiable. And I think you have to make those things crystal clear because if that person, because some men will tell you, hey, that ain't me. Cool. We can shake hands and be cool and chop it up and finish this drink and go on about our ways. And you can go find Sarah and I'll go find James who's for me. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know a James. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? And I think yeah. sometimes we waste our time because we're not clear. And we yes. waste our time because we don't have that open conversation. I don't think you have to be... I think when you have that conversation with someone that you've met, um, maybe on the first two dates or when you're just getting to know each other, I think there's a way to say it. That's not harsh. Yeah. Um, I feel like if you come out, so, you know, what you doing it? I got to have a man that's this. And you got the hand going and the neck going. Yeah, that's offensive. Yeah. That's, that's a much, lot. That's too much. But there's something about, you know, hey, you know, where do you see yourself in the next five years? Or what, like, what do you say? Like, what does your life look like in yes. five to ten years? Like, you have to approach this situation gently and de- delicately because first of all how you pose never be afraid to ask a question is how you ask the question um but don't 
I think a lot of times people don't, women don't ask is because they don't want to know the answer. Yeah. And they think that they can change a man. And let me tell you, I've tried it and I'm going to let, I'm trying to save y'all the heartache. You can't change a man that's not ready to be changed. You can be the most perfect, beautiful, intelligent woman. But if he is not the right man, it's not going to work. No, it's not. It's like putting like a square cap on a circle. Yeah, it is because it's not going to fit. And I, and I feel like, well, ladies, when we say put expectations on, we're talking about realistic expectations now you gotta be a billionaire like bro well are you are you a billionaire do you drive a maserati like you know you gotta have a six-pack first of all do you have a (laughs) four-pack do you have a flat stomach like Like, but the point is (laughs) like you have to you can't just put all these expectations on the man and you don't have these um to offer either whatever you pull pull bring to the table he whatever you want him to bring to the table you have to bring to the table as well yeah. I mean, I feel like the things that I know I can bring to the table, that's what I expect of him too and more. Yeah. But I'm not over here expecting him to, like you said, be a billionaire and just have several properties and homes, which would be nice. Hey, but if but you cool. I mean, I ain't hate, I ain't going to turn down Jerome, but <laughs> <laughs> but I'm saying like that's not an expectation of mine because that's unrealistic. It's not Yeah. practical. So. I think it's really important um but, you know, on the other side, I don't think a lot of people evaluate their past relationships or evaluate past dating. For me, because I'm just an analytical person in general, I think it's very important for me to go back and to see my part in it, how mm-hmm. I acted, what I did, what. Not even necessarily what I could have did better because, like I said, I did what I did, whatever I was in that situation. But maybe if it wasn't the best situation, how I could have handled it. And I feel like sometimes when I go back, now, when I go back and I look at my relationships, um, I take I take what I can take to make me better and I disregard the rest because it's already happened and it's already occurred. I feel like if somebody is for you and it's supposed to work, it's going to work. But Erica tells me all the time, you know, like sometimes people come into your life for a season mm-hmm. and sometimes they serve their purpose. And if you don't let go of a person, God will take that person from you and make something happen. So I think for me being at the point of my life that I am in dating and wanting to meet somebody, I've really been analyzing my past relationships and seeing, you know, Shelby, you know, what would you do differently? Not even, I take the other person out of it because I'm not with that person anymore. It didn't work. I asked myself, you know, what could I have done different? What did I learn? Mm-hmm. What am I going to take away from that? You know, so another thing I learned is to be, is to say what I mean and mean what I say. And I don't have to be rude about it. But to communicate with that person, to tell them how I feel, um, I think that's really important, too, because I, I haven't always done that. And a lot of people don't even recognize their part in the past relationships because they're so stuck on, that person hurt me, this is what he did to me. Yeah. But if you really think about it, you're the common denominator in all these relationships. So if you don't recognize the things that you could have, maybe that you shouldn't do the next time. Or and you still a trend do in the people If that there's you're a dating. trend, then there's always a pattern and there's something about you that keeps attracting these same type of men. Yeah. So there is something that we should all look at our past relationships and, and whatever it is, we could be able to try to change that so we won't keep attracting the same person. Yeah. That's not working out. Yeah, I agree with that. Yes. So um, moving along to the journey. Okay. So this is where we tell you guys, about something that we've learned um, while we're on this all things melanin train. Um, so uh, let's, up, <laughs> let's talk about growing with our brand. Us being able to reevaluate, readjust, and staying on focus. And just really learning that it's a marathon, 
It's yeah. not a sprint. Like, you're not just going to get there. Yeah. It's a steady pace. Yes. Yeah. What you got to say about that? So, I think one thing that I've realized is that when you're building a brand or building a business, it's not a one-size-fits-all thing. And it's not a thing that whatever you did in the beginning is going to work now. Yeah. I think, so one of the things that Erica and I, I feel like, have been great at doing is always being able to step back. Um, I feel like we do this, I realize we do this about quarterly, subconsciously. Um, it's to step back and say, okay, what's working? Mm-hmm. Let's look at the goals that we set. What goals did we accomplish? Mm-hmm. What goals do we want to do? And how are we going to get there? And yep. I think it's realizing that one thing, like I said, that we've been really good about doing is stepping back and looking at our brain, evaluating what we've done right, and seeing, okay, what worked? This worked? Cool. We can do, keep doing that. Okay, this didn't work, so what are we going to do next? Yeah. And just kind of evolving with our brand, for instance, like we're rebranding right now. Because we feel like what we have currently is cool, but it's not gonna, it's not serving our our follower base. Yeah, like it's not giving them any information. It's not involving them. It's not allowing them to be collaborative. So we're rebranding, and I think you have to be okay with that because the world is changing. Um, your follower base is changing. Mm-hmm. It's growing. It's increasing. It's diverse. So if you're not open to growing with your brand. You're open to failing, yeah. essentially. And that's where you don't always want to just be stagnant mm-hmm. on, like you just said, what works in the beginning may not work in the end. And yeah. so we felt really comfortable with being able to say, okay, let's change it up. Yeah. Instead of doing this every time, we're going to do this. Yeah. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, then we're going to try something else. But that's how you keep your brand relevant yeah because especially in social media there's something always changing yeah. i mean even the apps there's something always new on the, the apps that you use for your yeah. social media platform so it's like you want to stay current yeah but you also want to stay true to your brand as you're growing with the brand too yeah so we just learned that as as we set our goals we have to continue to kind of change up how we're going to yeah. get there and be open to changing. Yeah. I feel like so many people are not open to being flexible. Yeah. And so when me and Erica used to work at the same job, I still work there currently. Um, one thing they always say is, you know, we got to be flexible. We got to be. And I hate when they say that. You got to be flexible. You got to be flexible. You know. And um, in doing our brand, I've realized that that's really important for us. Mm-hmm. Um, because... There are times that, you know, maybe something's working that we don't necessarily want to do, but we got to do it because that's what works. So we have to be flexible in doing that. We have to be flexible with one another. We have to be flexible with the things that we're doing and the things that we're trying and the things that we're testing. And I think that especially when you're in the beginning stages or the early stages of a brand, you have to be willing to bend with your business. Yes. And you have to be willing to grow with your business. Like, there are things that Eric and I know now that we didn't know when we started. Yeah. There are things that we did then that we don't do now mm-hmm. because we changed it up. Um, and I think that when you're doing something that is outside your comfort zone or you're building something, it's so important to be open to change. Yes. Because everything is changing, essentially. Yeah, it's constantly changing. And always, in order to grow with your brain, you always want to make sure that you learn from what didn't work you know oh, yeah and and accept that it didn't work if it, it you know don't get all hung up on well this is what we wanted to do maybe that particular way doesn't work but yeah. there may be a different way that it'll work 
or that um, you can think of to change it around a little bit. So just be open to the change yeah. and open to what didn't work, learning from what didn't work, yeah. and continuing to evolve with your brand. Yeah, because it's a process. It's Rome wasn't built in the night, Oprah wasn't built in the night, and your brand isn't going to be built in the no. night. But I think if you have the courage and the tenacity to be open to growth and to be open to flexibility, you mm-hmm. will. But I feel like if you don't, you'll fail. Yeah. It's that simple. And you should find, always be able, it's, you should always be able to find the motivation in that. Yeah. But sometimes, like, if you still have a nine to five that you really just don't enjoy, but you're there because you got responsibilities, is that should be your motivation in itself. Yeah. That, okay, you don't want to spend the rest of your life working for another person. You want to be able to build something to where you are doing something, working for yourself, yeah. and you be able to do something that you're passionate about. Now, granted, working for yourself is going to be 10 times harder than you just clocking in from 9 to 5 mm. and going home. Yeah, It's going to be much tougher, but it's going to be something that you're passionate about. So that in itself should be the motivation when sometimes you may be feeling, I'm trying to grow with the brand, but I don't really have motivation to do it. That right there should be your motivation. Yeah. So keep it moving. Yeah. And you have to, you have to find what motivates you to keep going. You know what I mean? I think for Erica and I, it's that we have each other to motivate one another and to be accountable. But you have to find what motivates you and what evens you out. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. Even remembering why you started. Oh my God. Because I know sometimes it can be discouraging. Even if you do remember why you started and be like, man, I don't know what I was thinking when I started. But girl, I mean, it's not going to be... Like we said, it's not going to be a sprint. It's a marathon. Yeah. And you can't start off too fast. Slow and steady runs the race, right? So you want to be able to um, learn from those uh, disappointments or it's okay to take a break like we did. We we always say that we did take a little hiatus, but we needed it. Yeah. And it brought back fresh ideas, fresh goals, and things that we're going to accomplish. Yeah. In order to grow with the brand. Yeah. So moving right along to the mentor moment. So this is where we ask uh, you guys, well, we ask the question and then we give you the answer. Um, so how do you deal with people around you who aren't growing like or growing with you? How do you feel, Eric? I got a lot to say, but I want to see what you think. <laughs> how do I deal with people around me that aren't growing with me? Um, I've dealt with that before. I feel like right now I don't have those people in my life but I deal, did deal with that before and they're not in my life anymore yeah and I mean there's still people that I can speak to say hey to um say what's up on social media but it's nothing that we're in close relationship yeah with because I feel like in order to grow you gotta you can't take everyone with you and there are gonna be certain people that's gonna pull you down it doesn't matter how long you've been friends with them I've had people I've been friends with since the ninth grade that I had to let go because yeah. they just weren't growing in the same direction as me and it became a point to where the friendship was a toxic one yeah because it kept pulling me down and pulling me into the direction that they were going and that's just not where I wanted to go yeah so in order to deal with them I had to love them from afar yeah there's no like hatred or anything but it's just I just had to let go yeah and it's hard to do and it's kind of hard disappointing when you like I said you've known them for so long yeah so how do you deal with those people um one or two ways So, there are the people that are like that, that are toxic people, that I have had to remove them from my life, whether that was me or God, you know what I mean? 
because I feel like, like you said, like there, um, there are some people that you can't take them to the next level with you and everybody can't go with you. It's like being in a boat, but they're poking a hole in the boat and you're sinking, but you don't know it. Mm. Um, I think at this point in my life, especially with all the things that I'm doing, I can't afford personally and we can't afford collectively to have people around us that are not growing for, that are not growing forward and motivating you and inspiring you. And I think sometimes the hurt comes in when it's people that you've known forever and all of your life. Um, because, yeah, so that's one. Mm-hmm. Um, the second thing is, so I'm kind of a different type of person. Um, it's so crazy. I was having this conversation with my dad, and my dad told me, um, he had me almost in tears because I'm emotional anyway on a regular day. Um and he was just kind of telling me, uh, my dad was like, you know, you are the most ambitious person I know. And he told me, you know, when you have an idea or you want to do something, you're going to get it done and it's going to happen. And he was like, I don't know when, um, but you're going to get it happen. Like he tells me stories about when I was little, about when I said I was going to do something and I said I was going to do it and I did it, whether people thought I could do it or not. Now, one thing about being as ambitious as I am, let's say on a scale of one to a hundred, I'm a hundred. A lot of people are maybe a 50. You know what I mean? And that's, and that's nothing personal. That's just me. Like I'm my biggest critic. And a lot of times I will call Erica. I will text Erica. I will send her ideas about things that I'm ready to do right now. And she has to slow my roll. (laughs) Um, Because like, if I say I'm gonna do it, I mean to do it. And I mean to do it right now. I don't mean to do it Next year, I don't mean to do it next month. I don't mean to do it next week. I mean to do it right now. Um, So I had to learn how, I had to learn to focus on Shelby and her and my ambition and what I'm doing, you know, and my motivation and my success. Because I can give you, I can encourage you. I can motivate you. I can give you the tools. I can give you the secret sauce to do everything I'm doing. But... If you don't have the motivation to do it and the ambition to do it, it's not going to get done. And I think, for me, I had friends that I was doing that for. You can ask Erica. I call her. I was really upset that they weren't doing what I felt they should do. Because if you tell me that you want to do something or you want to be successful in something, I'm going to be one of your biggest cheerleaders. If you need me to hold out signs, if you need me to stand on the street at the Piggly Wiggly, if you need me to help you in any type of way, I'm going to do it. Because I feel like there's room for all of us. And I feel like as women, it is our duty. And as friends, it is our duty to support and encourage one another. Period. Because if your friends can't do it and your family are going to do it, who's going to do it, you know? So I've had to learn that everybody is not going to have the same ambition as I am going to have. And everybody's not going to be motivated like I am motivated. Everybody's not going to be on 100 like I am. Because I'm on 100 all the time. That's just my personality. That's how I get things done, you know? And I think for me, the other half of, you know, letting the toxic people go is learning that there are going to be people in my life that are mediocre, And I'm not saying mediocre in a bad way or a negative way. I'm just saying that there are people in life that do the bare minimum to get by. And that do the bare necessity to get by. And that works for them. And that's okay. If I want to have those intellectual conversations or those ambitious conversations, I call Erica. I call my mom. You know? Like, I call somebody, or I call my cousin Chanel. I call somebody that is on that level. 
and that can understand that. So I feel like if somebody's toxic, you got to let them go. But I feel like if somebody's not motivated like that, but they're a good friend, you have to talk to them and deal with them on the level that they're on. And you have to talk and deal with people that's on the level with you in those yeah. scenarios. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And it's also you can't force people to grow with you. Yeah, you can. And so when you do get, you know, you just said that you're ambitious. So when you do reach the goals, um, then what? Because if those people are still yeah, where you were 10 years ago, are you still going to have them as close as a friend to you? And not to say that you made yeah. it or whatever and yeah. moved on or whatever. No, not saying that, but just yeah. the fact that they haven't grown with you. Yeah, I would definitely say, and this sounds sounds cool, but I love each and every one of my friends. But at the end of the day, you categorize your friends. You know what I mean? You know who you can call when you're crying. You know who you can call when you're ready to set it off. You know who you can call when you need to have an intellectual conversation, you know? So I think that at the end of the day, this sounds horrible, but it's true. You put your friends in certain categories and you know who to call and celebrate with yeah. and you know who not to. And that's, that probably sounds a little harsh, but it's just honest. That's true. I'm just like, you know, you can travel with and who you can't. I Girl, mean, that's a whole different story. I mean, Please don't start. It's the same thing. Like, I mean, are we being real or not? So. No, no, you're right. You're honest. And I think that for me, when people aren't growing at the rate that I'm growing with, because I, it's crazy. So I've told Erica and Erica's told me the dreams and the passions that she has for life. And I've done the same. And it would probably make the average person be like, how sway? But I think for me, when I know that somebody cannot comprehend me on the level that I need to be, because I'm a very intellectual person and I'm a, I'm actually a really deep person. Like anybody that knows me, that's my real friend, knows that I can just sit and talk. It doesn't matter. You know what I mean? And it's about anything. I do distance myself from those people. And I notice that the people that I talk to the most are the friends that fulfill me the most. Does that make sense? Yep. And the people that I talk to the least, it doesn't mean that I don't I don't love them anymore or I love them any less. But at the point in my life that I'm at now, I um I yearn for intellectual conversation. I learn I yearn for deeper conversations. I yearn for people that understand me, that get me, that motivate me, that call me out on my shit, that say, Hey Shelby, you said you weren't gonna you weren't gonna do this. Why you know like I yearn for people who make me better yeah and who are smarter than me and who challenged me and that you know yeah we can go out and we can party but yeah we can go out and we can have an intellectual conversation and we can build a business you know what i mean yeah and you also have to be you may have those friends that like you just said if they can't comprehend your ambition they may mean you so well they may mean well yeah but they're gonna say something yeah they'll be like well why why are you doing that yeah well, why would you do that yeah. that type of thing you don't need because yeah. it's like you it's already so much fear that comes along with being ambitious like for me i know that i know that i know yeah my purpose is bigger than what i'm doing now you know as far as like i just know i'm not gonna be working on nine to five the rest of my life i just know that like yeah. it, i have a bigger purpose yeah and so for me to know that but not know exactly the pieces to, <laughs> to get there i it's hard for me to explain that to somebody I have different visions and different things that have come to me. And I'm like, I can't. Yeah. Nobody that doesn't think above the level that they're at. Yeah. They're not going to understand. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that you're not my friend. But I just can't maybe talk to you about that kind of stuff. Yeah. Because 
your your ambition level is like you're not that ambitious as yeah. I am. Which is fine because if you don't want to, if you want to stay at your nine to five, that's fine. Like I'm not yeah judging you about that. that. But for me, yeah, I know I don't want to say that. I know I'm not going to. So it's like you do have to, like you said, you do have to categorize your yeah. You know who you can talk to, just like you know who you can travel with, you know who you can party with, yeah. You know who will be there when you see yeah. type of thing. So. But here's the thing, I. This is my theory. This is my personal theory. This is not in a book. This is not a real theory. This is Shelby Brenna's theory. Um, I feel like most people are okay with living a mediocre life. 60% of people. I'll even go as far as to say 65. I'll go as far as to say 70% of people are okay with living a mediocre life. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I feel like that does not. I feel like because I think like that, it doesn't bother me when people aren't motivated like me and they don't grow like me. You know what I yeah. mean? Because I've always known that I was different. And I always knew that I wanted to do different stuff. And people have always told me these amazing things to do. I was like, no, I can't do that. You know, I'm just a girl from a small country town. Or it's just me. Or, you know, and more recently, I, you know, got in the mind frame of I can do anything. So I think for me, I really believe that a lot of people are okay with mediocrity. They're okay with doing the bare minimum. And that's okay. If that's the life that you want to live, there's nothing wrong with that I'm not saying anything's wrong like that but I feel like when you know that you're destined for more and you're that 30 percent this may sound it used it doesn't really bother me as much as more when people don't grow like me when people aren't ambitious like me or people don't mo- or lack motivation I've realized that I've had to seek those things in other um in other ways whether that's networking whether that's you know, podcasting or reading or praying. And I think that just to bring it back all around, I think that for me, I can deal with it because I have Erica. You know what I mean? That's so sweet. Don't, first of all, she don't <laughs> Y'all take this to the But no, for real, like <laughs> I can deal with it because Erica is one of my few friends that is like a well-rounded friend. You know what I mean? Like I can call Erica if something horrible happened i can call erica if i need to laugh i can call erica for advice i can call erica if i really just want to have a really intellectual conversation and i feel like it doesn't matter how many of those friends you have but if you have somebody for me if i have at least one person in my life that is a well-rounded friend it doesn't matter how my other friends are if they're good friends Mm -hmm. and that's just me personally Mm -hmm. that's true and some people don't even have that yeah which is okay um because I feel like a lot of the times, I always tell myself, like I just said earlier, I, I have higher expectations for the life that I aspire to live. And so I just know that I'm not going to settle for mediocre. Yeah. And that's in a relationship. Mm. That's in a career. Amen. That's in everything. And it may be so hard, but I just, I just know that I know. And so it's hard for... People that, like you said, don't have the same vision as you. Yeah. They're not going to understand. Yeah. And that's okay. But at the same time, I just feel like you do have to be aware of people that aren't growing with you. Sometimes they can pull you back. Yeah, you can. And sometimes you do have to cut ties. Yeah, you do. That's the reality of doesn't matter how many years you've been friends. Sometimes you do have to cut ties. You can still speak to them. And you outgrow people and that's okay and that's normal. Because if you're not outgrowing people, then you're not growing. I've outgrown the... There are people that I've known all my life that I thought would never 
do me wrong or turn their back on me that I don't associate with now. Mm-hmm. You know, that I had to cut off. Yeah. So, I mean, you live and you learn. Oh, yeah. So, we're going to leave y'all with some words of encouragement. So, we're going to leave y'all with the Bible verse, Isaiah forty thirty one. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. Um, This is one of my favorite Bible verses. It was taught to me um, when I was younger. And I pretty much know the whole thing by heart. And this is um, the Bible verse that they say every um, Sunday in my church before they do prayer at the altar. Um, This resonates with me because I feel like so many times we get ahead of ourselves in life. Um, with things that we want, whether that's the dream job, whether that's the dream man, the family, the career, the travel, the six figures, you know, this picture perfect white picket fence that we've built. And I think that sometimes we have to remember that it's okay to desire and pray and wish and work towards these things. But in order for us to get the life that God is going to allow us to have, or that white picket fence life that God has outlined for you, you have to wait on him. You have to wait on him and you have to be okay with sitting in his presence and doing the work. I feel like so many times we get ahead of ourselves and we feel like we are obligated to have certain things and people in our life right now when we haven't done the work, when we haven't built our character and we haven't gone through anything. And that's not how this works. Yeah. I feel like sometimes you have to... um, Learn how to wait on God. Learn how to sit in God's presence and pray. Learn Mm -hmm. how to be quiet. Learn how to be still. Learn how to have discernment. Mm -hmm. Learn what you need to evolve as a person, to be a better person, to be a better friend, to be a great, you know, Mm -hmm. future wife or mother or businesswoman. Like you have to wait on the Lord so God can develop you. If God don't develop your heart, if God doesn't develop your character, if God doesn't develop who you are as a person, how do you think that you're going to be Oprah? Mm. You're not. Oprah had to be developed. Mm-hmm. Or Oprah had to wait on the Lord. Oprah had to do, had to go through her journey. And I feel like sometimes we don't go through our journey and we go, we want to go from beginning to Kevin Hart. And that's <laughs> not going to happen. One thing I had to do is I had to sit and say, literally say to God, I submit my life to your will. Yeah, because not everything that I want in my life may not be in his will, but whatever he wants, whatever is in his will for my life, mm. I surrender. Yeah. Like you have to, we get so egoed about, I need to have this, I deserve this, I have this and yeah. that. No, surrender your life to his will. Yeah. And wait. Yeah. It's hard to do, but that's the only two things you need to do. And live your life, do the best you can. Yeah. And wait. So here's the thing, when you wait and you sit in God's presence and you let God do what he can do, he is going to begin to work out the things that you can't work out. He's going to begin to open the doors that you can't open. He, I've, God will open doors for you that you can't even open. God will allow you to be in tables and positions that you don't think you deserve to be at or you're too young to be at. He will give you strength when you're weak and you can't even go on. He will make you run when you think you should be walking. He, when you are tired and exhausted, God will give you strength. He'll be like, okay, let's do this. I'm popping like y'all thought I was finished. Like, let's do this. And I just feel like at the end of the day, like when you do what you 
when you, I heard this on a sermon one time because I listened to a lot of podcasts and I think I was listening to a podcast on SoundCloud. I was listening to Transformation Church. I can't remember what Michael taught. I can't remember what podcast it was, but he, they said something to the effect of do what you can do and God will do what you cannot do. Mm-hmm. And I take that as do what you can do. So run, walk, praise, whatever, and God will do what you can't do. And when yes. he's doing what I can do, that's the moment that I'm waiting on him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Exactly. So we just, I just really pray and hope that, you know, wherever you are in your life or whatever you're going through, whatever is on your heart, I know it's not easy to wait. I know it's restless. I know it's frustrating. But know that more than likely it's a test. Yes. And that God's got you covered. He does. Because we going through it right now. Amen. <laughs> and we don't have it all figured out. Mm-hmm. But... We're doing the best that we can do. And if you're doing the best that you can do, God's going to do the rest. Yes. So before we leave you with prayer, um, please follow us at www.allthingsmelanin.org. Be sure to subscribe um, on Instagram at allthingsmelanin underscore melanin TV underscore on Twitter. And if you're listening, definitely screenshot the podcast and tag us because we want to know that you're listening, what you think. And if you have a question that you would like to submit for the mentor moment, slide in our DMs. And we will answer it on our next podcast. Um, so bow your heads, close your eyes, and get ready. <laughs> Heavenly Father, we pray that something that was said tonight um, touches someone's hearts and that it gives them affirmation on their purpose and what they're called to do. Um, Lord Jesus, whether someone is worried about a relationship or dating or starting a business or their purpose, Lord Jesus, we pray that you would give them the affirmation to know what they're supposed to do. We pray for people that are in relationships, whether that's friendships or dating. We pray that you would put the right people in their lives. And if someone is not for them, we pray that you would give them discernment. We pray that on their journey, that you would protect them, that you would lead, that you would lead and guide them, and that you would build their character so that when we get so that when they get to the next level of their life, Lord Jesus, that they are ready to run through that door and they are ready to give you all of the praise. We pray that, Lord Jesus, in everything that they do, we pray that it's blessed. We pray that they are protected, and we pray that they know. That no matter what, you have them covered. That you believe in them. That you love them. And that they are a child of God. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.